Welcome back, everybody. Wow. It's Friday. That Well, okay, it is Friday, so I'll give that one to you. You really, really brought it there. I, I had to. All right. It is August 28th. It is. A beautiful Friday morning here. Well... Yeah. yeah, we think so. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're predicting. Yeah. And uh, today we have a great episode for you guys. It's the Fight Night Preview Show. UFC Vegas 8. Smith versus Rakich. Lawler versus Magny. It's going down. What a duo right there. This is, again, the Fight Nights. Don't sleep on them. I know, UFC's bringing it. They're the rest of the year. It. Oh, can I just, yeah. know why we're talking yeah, about yeah, the yeah. UFC bringing it. Saw a tweet last night. There's uh, 22 UFC events, if you count the Contender Series, over the last 16 weeks of the year. Yeah, I actually... Or until December 12th. Okay, I saw that too. 22. Remember uh, when we started this thing, we were telling people like, oh, or we were even telling ourselves before we started recording the first episode, we're like, oh, there might be a week where they won't have a fight night and we'll just do whatever, maybe another special episode. No. There's literally not a week the rest of the year. Until December 12th. At yeah, the, at the, the rest of the year, the UFC is having a fight night every Saturday. Yeah, and then we got Contender Series. Expecting announcements from the Ultimate Fighter yeah. coming soon. Yeah, we're, we we ain't going nowhere. Nowhere. We're here to stay, <laughs> and the UFC is as well. Yes, absolutely. Probably more so. Than this, but yeah, <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> but only just to run tell. just to run down the card because this is the preview show. It's hashtag UFC Vegas eight eight. Uh, we're gonna our, lose track eventually. Yeah, I know. Our main event, light heavyweight action, as Anthony Lionheart Smith makes his awaited return yes. against the promising, also a guy kind of making his awaited return, yep. the promising up-and-comer Alexander Rakich. Our co-main welterweight action as ruthless Robbie Lawler, Everybody's favorite my favorite fighter. fighter of all time, <laughs> your favorite fighter of all time, the guy next door's favorite <laughs> fighter of all time, makes his long-awaited comeback yeah, true. against... Neil Magny. On short notice. Yeah, on short notice against Neil Magny, a game dude. Yeah, not a guy you want to take a short notice fight on for either of them. <laughs> then we so. got some women's flyweight action. Alexa Grasso makes her debut at women's flyweight going up against Gian Kim. A Can woman. we? 10 out of 10. I mean, that wasn't, it hasn't stopped. That wasn't that hard. but Well, there's a dash in the name. And I feel like half of these have been wrong. They just sound right. <laughs> I'm just. I just say it with confidence. I just spit my water. <laughs> I just. I just say it with confidence. All right. There All right. You go. Fourth fight. Another game, dude. They, they got our man a freaking replacement. Yeah, we've Rick, been talking about it Rick, for weeks. Ricardo Lamas with his third opponent. Yeah. Uh, Bill Algio, I believe is how you say it. Welcome He's, to the UFC. Yeah. Bud. Yeah. Only <laughs> only performance before this on the Contender Series, which. You kind of you kind of said you're not including that as far as like a UFC appearance. Yeah, that makes sense because they're but normally it's two guys making their yeah it's their first fight usually, um, and then our first fight, which honestly it could be it it, it could might, be third fight. It might be my like fight of the night. It, it's it probably gonna be my prediction for such. It's light, definitely another be the round of the night light heavyweight fight as the uh, the. What would you call it? The rematch, it's a rematch of the controversial first match between Magomed Ankalaev versus Jan Kudaleva. This is exciting. Yeah. But first. The news. The news. And it's a little small this <laughs> it's, week. It's, uh, or for this episode. Quite, quite small. That's um, okay. They're probably okay. glad. Uh, I, uh, We've the been UFC, hitting them with the UFC blew their fucking load last <laughs> week on us. 
Um, so this week we're it's very small, but really only one fight announcement. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I and then just I know, some headlines. Yeah, so I know you wanted to talk first about this September nineteenth announcement for a fight. If you want to go ahead. Yeah, all oh, the TJ Laramie. Laramie, yeah. Laramie, yeah. So this dude, I believe it was last week or the week before's uh, contender series, had a dominant. Uh, I think it was just one round. Took this dude down, dominated on the ground. I didn't take notes on that one, so I'm going off memory here. Yeah. But uh, TJ is a stud wrestler, super young, very calm and composed, very, uh, like, when he did his post-fight interview with Laura Senko, he, he just wasn't cocky, but he was confident, but it was like this level of confidence you like in a guy. You know what I call that? Very well-spoken guy. I call that it factor. Yeah. It, yeah, I guess you could say that. And he's like, I don't know, just a young stud. I think he's 22, 23, 24, one of those three. He's really young. Anyway, literally just won a week or two ago, and he's booked for September 19th already to make his official debut yeah, against Derek against Minor. Derek Minor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just a quick note. Again, these contender series, we posted a uh, story on our Instagram this past Tuesday. If you guys have ESPN Plus and don't have nothing to do on Tuesday nights, and you want to see rising, up-and-coming future stars in the UFC, shout-out Sean O'Malley. Yeah. Tune in to the Contender Series, man. Yeah, dude. A lot of these guys that go on Tuesday Night Contender end up... I mean, really, the show's still very young. Yeah, it's only It was started, season. like, in our sophomore year of college. Yeah, I, I can't believe it's already their fourth season. Yeah, it's their fourth season. And you, so, really, a lot of these guys' careers are unfinished to have been signed. Oh, but yeah. yet... We see guys making big contributions. You just mentioned Sean O'Malley. No, definitely the biggest star. Um, Dan Ige, who yep. just headlined a fight night like a month and a half ago or yep. so. Uh, there's been plenty of others. I'm yeah. just not, <laughs> they're not all coming to me right, right now. Right. But Macy Barber, Macy right? Barber. Yeah, that's another one. Shout that's out, a, Macy. 0 for 2 in the DMs. Yeah, Don Slidner DMs multiple times, so that's okay. Hey, 0 for 2. There's still one more before a strikeout. That's all I'm saying. True. Anyway, <laughs> Macy Barber's another one. I think this fight announcement, though, even though, like, for most of you, you're probably going, who? who? Yeah. Uh, I do like that we're, we want to keep up with these uh, contender series, yeah. um, what do you call them, alumni? Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys that kind of continue their career, because ultimately, he might not be, probably won't be, but TJ Laramie could be the next big thing in yeah. UFC. And I can't remember off the top of my head which weight class, but he's a smaller guy. Smaller guy? So it's one of the smaller yeah. ones, but... He's a good wrestler with, and like I said, very well spoken. Well spoken, seemed educated, knowledgeable in the sport. Yeah, I liked him. Yeah, I think it was a good lead-in to this past Tuesday. We did have Tuesday I, night contender, this, and, and I took some notes. This and time. you know what you said about if you if you have ESPN Plus, then like, what do you do and watch it? Yeah, well, you should be saying that to me. Yeah, no, because I have missed it again. You missed it again. I keep falling asleep. And you missed another great night. Yeah, now. I'll let you go into some the more details here, but I just want to say that I did see a clip, a few clips on Twitter. I know which one you're going to talk about. Whew, that 22-piece combo. Yeah, um, a 22-punch combination. I'm not combination. joking. A 22, That's no joke. 22-punch combination. He never took a break. It was 22. I, I implore you guys, can you tell me the name of the guy? Who th- Jamie Pickett. Jamie Pickett. I implore you guys to please look up that knockout type in jamie pickett 22 punches it'll or, come up or yeah 
Or just 22 punches. Or just punches. Jamie Pickett, because I, <laughs> okay, yeah. I don't know another damn Jamie Pickett <laughs> around. But that guy, that was awesome. Yeah. And I, I was very impressed. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I want you to take over here and tell him what happened. Now, I, don't, I didn't go super in-depth like I do with like our fight nights and uh, pay-per-views, but just a couple notable performances. So the first fight of the night, Colin Huckbody. Very interesting last name. Very interesting. Um, very dominant wrestler. Very good grappling in a top game. He had an arm triangle finish in the first round. I wish I wrote down the weight class, but I didn't, unfortunately. But he won in the first round a minute and 28 seconds in. And that is his fifth career victory via arm triangle. A submission that I really enjoy seeing. And you don't see that much of. No. Like, when I play UFC 4, I utilize the arm triangle. Really? But you really don't see it much. Yeah. I think it's um, an interesting submission. Yeah, uh, I wish I had it in front of me, but I saw a statistic about, like, every finish in UFC history yeah. by submission. Yeah. And it went I'd down. say that's one of the fewer for the submission. I mean, if you look at, really, the top, the dominating ones are... Rear, rear naked, naked choke, and the guillotine. Bar, guillotine. Those are the top two by far. Yeah. They make up over 50% of yeah. the submissions in UFC history. Yeah. But then, yes, the arm bar is probably yeah. up there. I mean... I don't even know after that. I mean, you're talking once you get to like even to like heel hooks, oh, Kimuras, knee bars, yeah. like those are all. Just- There's so many submissions, but the and you know we feel like you, you would see them a lot, but really on every on a given card you might see like two, yeah. three maybe. Yeah. Like you don't see them that often, First- and it's truly like for the passionate MMA fan, it is it it can very well be more satisfying than a KO. Depending I mean, on how it happens. That's why we make such a big deal over Ovin St. Preux with the Von Flew choke. is because that's a choke that literally... Should be named after him bon, at this point. Von Preux choke. Yeah. But um, just call it the St. Preux. Take <laughs> yeah. the Von out of it. Yeah. I mean, literally, that's... I'm pretty sure... Is he the only guy who's ever done that in UFC? If I'm not mistaken, yeah. And by the way, he's done it four times. And if someone else has done it, I can tell you that they are the only other person. Yeah, and they've it. not done it more than that. I can confidently say there has not been more than two people who've like, done it. And like... You know the Korean zombie with the twister, and now we've seen Bryce, you know, Mitchell, Bryce Mitchell, who we'll be we'll talking talk about, about, has done the bit. twister. Yeah. So, like, submissions are very cool, and it really shows you how good someone is grappling and on the ground. Um, so, yeah, Colin Huckbody won the first fight of the night. Not only did he get the arm triangle, he did it from full mount. Typically, That's when you get an arm triangle, impressive. you want to do it out of side control. Yeah, I didn't even know this either. Yeah. I'm very impressed by that. So, he did it out of full mount, which was cool. And one other note on him is he trains at Jackson Wink, which, oh. if you don't know, that's where John Bones Jones trains. People like Donald Cerrone have trained there. It's, one of, it's one, of the premier camp, one of the premier camps in yeah. MMA. So, this guy is a young up-and-comer, just one, and he trains at one of the best gyms there is. I believe that's where Mike Perry trains, right? Mike Perry's trained I don't there. know why that's... I, I just remember the fallout like from the Mike who's Perry. Who, Holly Holm. Because Cowboy Cerrone used to train there. Yeah, and that's Until the Mike fight Perry happened. beef yeah. stuff happened, but anyways. Um, but yeah, so Colin Huckbody. Then the second fight of the night was really good. Uh, a 23-year-old Anthony Romero was in an incredible three-round war of a fight. The problem was, and Dana, I believe, even said this, he could not get the finish. So I want to take note on this because you're like, oh, well, not everybody finishes fights. I get it. But in this fight, he had his opponent hurt with leg kicks so bad, both legs, that he could barely stand. I remember. And he could not finish I the fight. I saw a clip of this fight where yeah. it was the first round. Yeah. And I just saw that 
when I woke up, I saw that on Twitter, and I was yeah. like, oh, that dude's done. Yeah. Never then finished I heard the fight. Got, didn't get the finish. So, you know what, though? Like, Dana's been pretty giving with the contracts, yeah. as I'm sure you'll get into. He gave four or five. Yeah. And we just talked, was that last week or the week before? He gave five of five, yeah. which doesn't happen very often. Yeah. But in this kind of time period, when UFC is just wanting guys who want to fight. Yeah. He doesn't give this guy a contract, correct? Exactly. No, this was the only guy that night that didn't get a contract. Again, he's a re- he models his game after GSP. He's a Canadian. He's honestly built just like GSP, but he didn't wrestle that much. He and he had very good striking, very good kickboxing, but the fact that he couldn't finish is I what I think bugged Dana, and that's why he ultimately didn't give him yeah. a contract. Shout out to the dude he was fighting. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Tough as hell. Mm-hmm. So, Anthony Romero, keep your eyes on him and whatever organization he goes to. And Dana did make a good point. He said, people, he's like, I don't get why people are bitching at me for not giving guys contracts. Like, look at the pet, like the platform we've just put them on. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, that dude's the hottest free agent in the market. Yeah. Outside of, like, Michael Chandler. And really, all it takes after a contender series is, like, what, two or three wins? I'm sure right he'll end in. up in fucking Bellator. Or, like, if or... they need a late replacement, hey. Yeah. We just, yeah. you know, we had you. We didn't sign you, but we got to fight. Because you have seen, and um, we just, uh, we'll be talking about this later on the main card of this Saturday show. One of the guys fighting, Bill Algio, is a Contender Series uh, alumni. Right. Lost but he his lost fight, the fight. And here he is still. Because it's a late replacement. They just needed someone who's game. It's yep. like this guy. Exactly. So, Anthony Romero, keep your head up, bud, because I saw talent. He just didn't finish the fight. Yeah. Uh, the third fight was fight of the night to me. It was two flyweights. Arguably could have signed both of them. Unbelievable fight. And in a division that you need, like, stars, the dude that won could definitely be a star, and the guy that lost was game. Uh, Such a great I fight. Wanted the... Molina is the last name of the gentleman that won. I can't remember his first name. The guy who lost, uh, I, I saw Brad Okamoto he... Al- tweet that, like, signed both these guys. Yeah, it was crazy. I saw Mac Malley tweet. Signed both these guys. He was shout taking out, shout out shots. Mac Malley, by the way. Yeah, but, shout out Mac Malley. But I saw like signed both these guys, and I'm like, yeah, like flyweight division. Like if these guys are putting on a hell of a show, I mean, not so that flyweights good. don't put on good shows, but and and that is a division that it just well, they is, almost scrapped the division. Yeah, you know? and I and I don't believe that's still not off the table. Yeah, I agree. At least I hope. I mean, I or I hope. Um, I hope it's not like still being talked about but i'm assuming that yeah. they didn't just after everything that's gone on in the past year i don't think right. it's been enough to warrant them to not talk about it anymore so i i would guarantee right now that you will see that guy who lost back well this is specifically where dana mentioned like even though he lost stay ready answer your phone we'll, we'll give you a call if we need a late replacement so that dude is a stud that lost he was eating shots after shots, after shot. It was crazy. And then the guy that won actually trains with Laura Sanko in Kansas City, which I thought was cool. Oh, yeah. And she does, like, the post-fight interviews and right. whatever. But he believes that he's a future flyweight champ. Yeah, I just he wanna, was all about I just want to actually put their names yeah, out give, there. Yeah, give this guy some credit. Jeffrey Molina. That's the, guy the winner, won. yeah. Silva. Is that what Jacob it is? Silva. So, yeah. So, those are, hey, those are names that are easy to pronounce. Yeah. Easy to remember. Stay on the lookout for Jeffrey Molina and Jacob Silva. Jeffrey Molina would not surprise me if he's fighting in like a month or two. Yeah, with I the way be that's been going. And Jacob Silva 
also wouldn't surprise me if he's fighting in a month or two. Right, even though he lost. Yeah, so. Um, fourth fight, Rafael Alves. Uh, this is a guy that came over from another, another organization. They actually showed a clip on Tuesday. Dana was at this organization watching the fight card. And Alves got a submission win, jumped out of the cage, ran up to Dana in the crowd, and said, give me my contract. So here he is on the Contender Series. I, I just had a couple notes. He's very exciting, very flashy. He did a, like a backflip when he entered the cage, yeah. messed up the first time, looked at the camera and said, let me do it again. And then he did it the second time and landed it. So that was how he entered the octagon. Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, back and forth first round. Then in the second round, I literally wrote, he pulled the quickest guillotine I've ever witnessed in my life. It came out of nowhere. Um, so he got the second round guillotine finish, uh, two minutes and 55 seconds in. And that was Rafael Alves's seventh win via submission. So he got a contract. And then the last fight of the night, which you already touched on, was Jamie Pickett. Third time's the charm. This was his third try. And honestly, you're probably not getting another one mm-hmm. on the Contender Series. What a statement. And he took advantage of it. Got the second round TKO 33 seconds into the fight. Nine of his nine out of his 11 wins are by KO TKO. And this was the 22-punch combo with the soda, with the mashed potatoes, <laughs> with the dessert. Everything came with that combo. And shout out, what's uh, the gentleman's name that he fought? Jonathan Petit. Yeah, shout out to Petit. Very good, very technical, like a Samoan dude. Actually went to high school with uh, Robert Griffin III. Oh, really? Yes. So he was a football player with him. Uh, he played fullback. And he actually showed some promising technique. Mm-hmm. And you could argue that he wasn't really out. Like, did you kind of see the stoppage? Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. I, I agree yeah. with the stoppage. No, I get what you're saying. But, like, he got up, he's like... He got hit 22 times yeah. clean. Yeah. And he was still, like... If the ref hadn't stopped it... Oh, he would have kept going. Yeah, not that I... I think it would have been egregious if he hadn't stopped yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you I take agree. 22 shots clean and you're falling and yeah. shit, like, you, it's got to happen. But yeah. I'm just saying, I think that guy wouldn't have been out. Yeah. That makes and, sense. And he immediately got up, looked at Jamie and said, Good fight, Jamie. Shook his hand, gave him a hug. Immediately. First thing he said. Didn't argue the stoppage or anything. You gotta love the character. So, I love that. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the UFC one day yeah, either. for sure. For sure. But, uh... So I'm telling you, contender series. Overall, it sounded like a great night of fights. It was. What I mean, what else on a Tuesday? Yeah, I'm. I'm I love I'm getting, it. I'm getting upset at myself. I keep missing it. I I really do plan on. I think we're gonna have to have watch parties to keep. Yeah, you I, I think uh, going from here, I think I'm gonna make a bigger point to make sure I'm up for those. Or but, even like you know, just rewatching them or yeah, whatever. That's but, always that's always the problem with the freaking ESPN yeah, right. Plus or fight passes that they don't put them on quick enough. But but again, if anybody's interested and has ESPN Plus, Tuesday Night Contender Series, you will not regret it. Sure. And uh, with that, we'll move on to our next story. It's another fight announcement. Yeah, yeah. This one for this Halloween. This is fun. Yeah. Halloween. What's he going to dress up as? I, I'm not... I, we're not doing that again. Okay. Right. <laughs> so... Bryce Mitchell. 13-0, undefeated, stud. Yeah. Give him the camo shorts. Going up against Andre Touchy Feely. This is again... What a nickname. Yeah, that is. <laughs> this is it. You talk about a game fighter, like Andre Feely is that. And I've, this is the guy that if you want to get your name in that division, crack the top prospects, you know, the top 20, top 15... Beat Andre Touchy Feely. I am so excited for this. This fight. is a really good fight. 
I'm this so is the again. This fight. How many of these have we had so far since we've started this podcast? Where we're like, this is the seasoned vet, the guy that's gonna, you know, put you into the next level of you know superstar or just in the rankings, right? Versus the up and coming prospect, undefeated with a ton of hype behind him. And the guy that wants Reebok to give him some camo shorts, by yeah, the way. Give my man some camo shorts. He's from Arkansas. How many other fighters are from Arkansas, by the way? And Somebody fact check that. Yeah, what excites me most is just how game both these guys are. Yes. And also, they just put on shows. Yeah. If you look at Bryce Mitchell's last fight, it was at UFC 249, which was the, the pay-per-view. Ferguson UFC and, uh, was back. Justin. They were back after six weeks Six off. weeks. Um, he was, I believe, the first or second fight of the whole night yeah he was on the prelims still i think he was on the fight pass prelims or whatever they're whatever they're called now but um he went up against a guy named charles rosa who's another very good fighter tough guy Mm -hmm. and made him look like like he was on another level he's very good and and um and when we're talking about ground game yeah (laughs) rice mitchell yeah nearly pulled he's okay he's already uh his fight before that Against a guy named Matt Sales. <laughs> I hope that's how that's pronounced. Yeah. Uh, the Twister. The Twister, which we had just said. If you don't know what the Twister is... It's because you never it see it. Look it up. What is it, like the third or fourth one ever? Outside of Korean like Zombie? Yeah. So. Like, if you look it up, it looks like oh. it hurts so bad. Oh, I can't even imagine. And, but it's so hard to pull off. Because your you body have to, twists. You have to course. use your whole body to get their body to be like yeah, that. it's wild. Um, he nearly pulled it off twice against Rosa. Yeah. Once at the end of the round, so it didn't get pulled off because stop, right yeah. comes in. Second time, I think he just kind of let it go. But, man, like, what a performance. And I, I was watching that fight with my uh, roommate at the time. And we were both just like, holy shit. Like, yeah. The, game, the fight was mostly on the ground. Complete domination. But that was like, those are the fun fights. But it was like, so much so fun. so fun to watch on the ground. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was surprised at how much fun it was considering what I just said. Dominating performance. Yeah. Completely on the ground. Not that I don't enjoy that. But even my roommate at the time, who is a fight fan, but I wouldn't say that he's like, uh, like a hardcore fan. He, mm-hmm. he just, he, he'll watch them and... Enjoy it if he enjoys it, and if he doesn't, he doesn't. But he was in on it, man. Yeah. Which is, you just love to see that. For... There's there's beauty in these grapplers. These insane yeah. grapplers. That's a great way to put it. But uh, I'm very excited for that fight. I imagine that, I don't know who's headline. Oh, that's the Well, that's Anderson, uh, Anderson Silva, your eye hall. Yeah, so that's I a great... still bet there's going to be another. that Like, is Anderson going to be the main event? Yeah, know? it is the main event. Is it? Yeah. I think it's deserving of a main event. Well, yeah, I definitely agree. You know how I feel yeah, about I Anderson. Mean, I get and especially if he's I coming get, to the Octagon dressed yeah, up I get as what a you're saying, but if you... Again, guys, we're, we're not being paid by the UFC, obviously. But I'm telling you, every fight night for the rest of the year is like pretty stacked. They're considering great. these are... What, you pay your $5 a month for ESPN Plus sometimes... Yeah. You don't even have to do that if you can catch it on ESPN if you're yeah. someone who right. is at home or whatever, if you just have cable, whatever you have. Yep. Um, they are really bringing it We just looked year. at them and we're like, damn. Yeah. So all in all, very excited for that one. Yeah. Um, That's a good I fight. I want to touch on. <laughs> touch on touchy. I want to touchy on touch. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean. 
<laughs> we we want to take note of Andre yeah. Touchy Feely. Yeah, I wanted to at least mention him because yeah. I do love Andre Feely. I had I mentioned him in a couple episodes ago. I forget who I was talking about, but well, this um, is a guy that's trained with you know Cody Garbrandt and all those dudes with a uh, alpha male. Yeah, I mean if you look at his losses in UFC because he's had a few. I'm just he's, looking at that most recent one. Yeah, but if you start at the beginning, he lost to Max Holloway back in 2014. Max Blessed. Yeah. Then he loses to a guy named Godofredo Pepe, which I want to point out. That's a cool name. Is a guy that also, I've watched him fight a few times. Very good guy. Then he loses to Yair Rodriguez. Yeah, that would have been a Yair's like, coming out party. Yeah. Calvin Cater, another <laughs> dude. Might right be, now. Might be getting a title shot here soon. Yeah. Michael Johnson, who has the worst luck in the UFC. Yeah. But man, is he... If you look at he's you talk beat about two Michael game Johnson. Fighters? Michael Johnson has beat Dustin Poirier. Yeah. Uh, wait, didn't he beat Tony Ferguson or am I stupid? I think yeah. You've texted me that one time uh, when Michael was fighting. You're like, isn't it hard to believe that he's beaten both Tony and Dustin? Yeah, and I believe there was a third one. Which now this was he, before Tony. Now Street he also him. really brought it to Justin Gaethje and Gaethje's debut in the UFC. Yeah. So that fight was crazy. And then his most recent loss to Sadiq. Sadiq Yusuf. You guys know how high I am on him. Yeah, that's a dude that's probably gonna be fighting for belts here. Oh yeah. Not too long. But I mean, even his wins, he's beat Miles Jury, uh, he's beat Dennis Bermudez and other Dennis veterans. the Menace. Yeah, I mean the guy's had good wins. He just always comes in and puts on a show. Yeah. And he's kind of one of those guys where and it's he fights like, all the time. He's one of those guys for as many decisions as he's had. He's a killer be killed type guy. Yeah, like he almost puts on a a show when really he could probably point fight his way to a lot of victories. Yeah, he's he a really good fighter. To. But he just likes to go in there and like really bang with people. That's what you got to respect. Yeah, so it'll be an interesting style matchup, I think, with Bryce Mitchell. Yeah, and I don't think Feely's bad on the ground by no means. No, no, so no. that could be very no, fun. No, no, he's, he's definitely going to bring it. Um, and again, if Bryce really wants to crack into those top 15 guys, here you go. Yeah, so all in all, very exciting fight, as you can tell. The only fight announcement of the news, but well, that's a Well, second one. one. I mean, TJ Laramie. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah true. But I think we'll end it in the news with uh, this little Some, thing. Uh, I think it's just weird. Some some hype. Some um, like I want we don't you. See I want this. you to kind of like. You want me to just let the, him know? Set and then the you'll, scene. Yeah. Okay. So basically, I'm gonna have to see his name again. As a matter of fact, so Bellator double champ. It's a featherweight and lightweight champion. Yeah, it's Patricia Pit. Patricia. <laughs> I Pitbull. said Patricia. I think it's. I think it's Patricia. Patricia. I don't Pitbull. know. Anyway, this is, this is not good. <laughs> We're showing how much of UFC bias we listen. have right now. We you don't even said know. this guy's the champ, champ. He's like the number two pound for pound in Bellator. Listen, we've told them we don't watch Bellator that much. <laughs> like, We're getting better. It's Patricio. Patricio. <laughs> he goes by Pitbull. Okay, Patricio <laughs> Fiea. Fiea. The Pitbull. Damn it. He's a double champ. It's like a hundred okay? pitbulls. <laughs> How many damn people have the nickname the Pitbull? Listen, <laughs> let us know in the comments. Anyway, oh, he's creating yeah. some buzz right now in the MMA world. Yeah, him and Chris Cyborg. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Pitbull, okay? He's creating hype, and we don't see this often between Bellator and UFC. Like, it, he wants to basically cross over. He's willing to put $1 million on the line with Dana White, if I'm not mistaken. 
that he can beat either or Alexander Volkanovsky, the UFC's 145-pound champ, or Habib Nurmagomedov, which makes I almost chuckled when I said that. <laughs> and I want to start this by... Listen, I respect it. I want to at least point out how this all came about. Yeah. And I believe it starts with... Michael uh, Chandler, if I'm not mistaken. Michael Chandler, yes, but I want to go even... Well, I don't know if it was before that, but before probably Michael Chandler's comments that have about wanting to go to the UFC. Yeah. You saw when they released Corey Anderson. They asked Dana about it. And Dana said he can go be more competitive over there. Yeah. Which is not wrong. Not that he wasn't competitive in the UFC. Right. But, I mean, he just... It was just... It wasn't like he was like shit. Like if we're talking for a belt. Well, Corey Anderson did not like yeah, that. Yeah, he didn't like that. He said that... Basically, he said Dana was lying on his name. Like, that's not how it went or whatever. I don't really know... I, I don't know if he's insinuating. I don't know what he's really getting at there. I know I get it. Like the way when Dana says that, you know what he's saying. He's yeah. saying you weren't good enough to be the top of the top in yeah. the UFC, so you're going to go to Bellator yeah. and try to be the top of the top there because you have a better chance. Yeah. Which right now in that division, by the way, I watched that Ryan Bader lose his belt. Yeah. <laughs> that dude's tough. Hey, that, that, he that dude yeah. is a tough kickboxer yeah. from out of Russia. Yeah. So watch so, out for I, him. And Ryan Cor- Bader. And what's Corey Anderson's weakness? That old chin, baby. Yeah, and that uh, chin be getting. This dude kicked Ryan Bader's head off his shoulder. Yeah, he did. So um, anyway, but yeah, that, that's kind of what started this. And then Michael Chandler's basically been pining to come to the UFC, yeah. or has at least been throwing a lot of uh, feelers out there to the. Dustin the Poirier, community. Dan Hooker. Yeah, been really hot, trying to hype up these fights, saying, "Oh, this fight with uh, Dan Hooker would be." the best fight of all time or this fight with Dustin Poirier well like when a, when Dana even says he wants to meet with him then you know it's a big deal yeah and Pitbull yeah. beat Michael Chandler in one round in one minute one minute yeah yeah so obviously this guy's good yeah do not get me wrong yeah and he has a brother who's also very good there you go who Runs also goes by Pitbull really believe it's Patricky interesting yeah so they both, uh, they actually, their last names, like when they're announced, is Pitbull. Just an interesting note. Fun fact. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, basically, that leads us to Michael Chandler saying all this stuff about wanting to go compete against the best of the best and whatnot. So, uh, the before-mentioned Pitbull, because I believe it's Patrice, Patricio, but I, I don't want to keep trying to say that. So yeah. Pitbull basically... Um, He's comes out, out and he, first he says like, "I beat that chump like in one minute, yeah. like destroyed him," which is true. Not that he's a chump, but he beat him in one minute. Yeah, and he basically was like Dana White, you bitch ass. Yeah, put up a million dollars that I can beat. Bring me in a crossover fight against one of your two champs. Yeah, he said Alexander Volkanovsky, the featherweight champ, or Habib Nurmagomedov, the lightweight champ. Well. <laughs> And I, I'm Dom sent me, he sent me a, one of the tweets that Pitbull had put out. And he was like, oh, the news is heating up for tomorrow. And I kind of shot you down. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I went, this is not news. Because ultimately, my feelings about this are, this will never happen. Here we go. It will never happen. Tell them why. And here's why. Everybody grab your popcorn. Back in the early 2000s, I've mentioned this before, UFC was not always the king of MMA. <laughs> Sure, they've basically been the king of MMA in North America for as long as MMA has been around. But MMA in America really did not take off until the post-tough era, which was around 2005. Yeah, very true. 
So, the UFC had been around for 12 years before that. Yeah. So, early 2000s, you're talking Pride FC. On a, on a worldwide basis. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because that's ultimately the two hubs for MMA in its earliest points was Brazil. Yeah. And then Asia. Yep. And Asia, really, I mean, Brazil is more about the jiu-jitsu Yeah, aspects. Asia's like the founder of Cause if you really, Because really, the, the foundings of MMA can be traced in a lot of ways back to the Gracie family, who are so entangled into that Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I mean, yeah. really, that family's kind of been the biggest patriarch of, yeah. that, of that art form. But Asia's definitely probably been, could Thousands be wrong, but it's years. probably been the biggest. Yeah. So Pride FC was dominating over there. Yeah. Well, well, it was like a part of their culture. Yeah. And I think that's why it was so big. So, Dana White and the Fertitta brothers buy the UFC, and it's around UFC 31, which was in like 2000, 2001, something like that. So, they buy it then. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, Dana White has not always been... Right. He actually started managing guys like Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell. Yeah. Uh, before that... He, he started in boxing. Yeah, like an amateur boxer, um, coach boxing. He um, was had a boxing gym in Boston. Yeah. Um, the Whitey Bulger, the infamous gangster, a couple of the guys in his gang come to Dana's gym and basically are like, you owe us this amount of money on this day or else. Yeah. Well, that day comes, and he gets another call that's like, hey, we're going to be there tomorrow. He flew to Vegas. He took a one-way trip to Vegas. And he's like, well, I got it. So he's trying to make a living down there. He opened up a sports apparel line, which, fun fact, you can see that it's now uh, defunct or however you pronounce it. It's not around anymore. I forget what it's called. But if you watch Floyd Mayweather's very first boxing, professional boxing fight, he is yeah. wearing Dana White's uh, gear, his, his sports apparel line. So just a fun fact there. I was about to say you're really digging. I know that I, is I'm that, that's a great. I'm fun definitely fact. getting off. Uh, off I'll, I'll my keep point. you on track a little. Yeah. So but no, uh, that's a that's awesome. So yes, Dana and the Fertitta brothers, who are big heads of, they're, they're, they own a lot of casinos in Vegas. Yeah, so that's yeah. that was why it was a big deal for them buying it as far as getting um, established in Vegas, uh, being able. Well, to... What they buy the UFC for two million. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, maybe, something like that. Maybe a million, maybe two million, yeah. Sold it for $4.2 billion yeah. in 2016. Yeah, Just wanted so, to throw that out yeah. there. But anyway. So early 2000 was a different time. Pride FC is the biggest name in the market of MMA. So Pride, a few, uh, probably a couple years into the UFC's ownership, they come to, basically there's an agreement made where the UFC will send Chuck Liddell and I believe Randy Couture over to Pride to fight in their Grand Prix, which is essentially a tournament. For their champion. Yeah. yeah. It's a tournament, and that was something Pride was big for. Bellator yeah. does it now. UFC has never been one to really do that very much, but um, for their Grand Prix. And the deal was supposed to be that in return, Pride would send over Vanderlei Silva to fight Chuck Liddell in what would be the probably the biggest fight of all time at that time. Yeah. Well... Chuck Liddell goes over there. Has he does okay, but he loses to Rampage Jackson in the Grand Prix. Um, I can tell you that Pride never did send Vanderlei Silva over, so that fight doesn't happen. But they did have him. What's funny is they did have him come in the cage yeah. after uh, 
one of Chuck's wins, and he <laughs> he did the He's... whole. Vandalay Silva does not speak great English, and he came in and he wanted to say, "I want to fight Chuck." I want to fight Chuck, and then say "fuck Chuck." Yeah, well, but he ends up saying, "I want to fuck." I mean, I want to fight Chuck. Fuck Chuck. Yeah. Basically, almost said, "I want to fuck Chuck." Yeah. Not a great look, but it got everybody super excited because it was like the biggest fight ever. Yeah, it was. And then it never happens until yeah, Pride until. goes out of business around 2007. It UFC, was a long overdue UFC fight. UFC buys out Pride. Uh, most of their contracts weren't even void or uh, weren't even eligible to be used. So really, they they spent a lot of money on that purchase just to get a, like a library of fights like on video. Yeah. Um, so that was shout out Fight Pass. Yeah, shout out Fight Pass, but. That fight does end up happening afterwards once that purchase is made and Vanderlei Silva comes into the UFC. But ultimately, my whole point with this story is that the UFC has been screwed over once. It's the whole fool me once. Shame on you. Shame on you. But then fool me twice. Shame on me. Yeah. So the UFC will not do anything like that again. Now they are the top dog. That's undeniable. They are the top dog of MMA anywhere you go. Yeah. I mean, sure, 1FC is doing really well over in Asia. So is Ryzen. Bellator is doing, yeah. doing well. You got PFL, which right now is not doing great because they're not putting on fights. But, but they were yeah, doing yeah, well. Yeah. They were on ESPN. Shout out Kayla Harrison. Yeah. Ohio from, girl. From like five minutes from where we grew up. Absolute yeah. savage. So um, ultimately there are other promotions doing well. This isn't like an NFL where yeah. they have like a complete stronghold of the yeah. market. But it's dominating enough to where there is no – Bellator is the number two promotion, but it's not close. Yeah. It's not. It just isn't. And I don't, I don't believe – I mean, you look at us. We are huge fans of the UFC. I consider us huge fans of MMA. Yeah. Yet we sat here and struggled to name what is probably the number two pound for pound guy in Bellator. Yeah. Now that might say a lot about us. No, probably. Because our but I mean we are very heavily towards the UFC. We lean much heavily towards there. But I think that'll speak a lot to the more casual viewers. They're not gonna know any of these guys in Bellator besides yeah. the ones that already fought in the UFC. It will Ryan never Bader, happen. Uh, Rory McDonald. Rory McDonald. Yeah. Uh, Gegard Musasi. Gegard Musasi, which a lot of those guys I mean Gegard was the one I'm thinking of, weren't really big names in the UFC to begin with. Yeah. Um, so all in all, this will never happen. And that's why like people like making a big fuss about it is like kind of annoying just because it's like what like i get it it's a slow news week they're getting some clicks on their articles yeah. and because chris cyborg and, and pitbull's getting hype on his name yeah, and chris cyborg also was adding fuel to this shit by talking her shit team bellator versus and team ufc mind you she's a featherweight featherweight champion of bellator now she was the featherweight champion of the ufc a dominating women's fighter hadn't lost in like a decade until and then Amanda Nunes knocked her out in less than a minute yeah wasn't even close pieced her up yeah and she has the gall <laughs> to act like I mean look I'm not saying if they fought a second time Cyborg wouldn't have a chance or anything because I mean she she's definitely probably one of the best women's fighters yeah. in the world still whether it's second third fourth whatever but like for her to act like that, like, has to happen again or something, mm-hmm. like, come on. 
And like for her to try to use her as like an example of why Bellator can compete in UFC, I'm like, you got like if you're talking about champion versus champion, you yeah. lost your belt to Amanda Nunes in forty some seconds, a less girl, time than it took her to knock out Ronda Rousey, a woman that had never fought at that weight class before, right? Until that night, pieced her up, and has since defended the belt at that division, and so, is about to do it again. I'm not saying that if they if the champions fought head to head that couple Bellator fighters might not win because MMA is so unpredictable I mean I know every UFC champion would be heavily favored as they should but I just think that it's like it's just a little ridiculous to even like talk about it because it'll never happen unless like Pitbull decides to leave Bellator yeah he would have to literally come to the UFC and if he did that, and then it's not the same. I'm just gonna say, if he did do that, I think he would lose to both of those champions. Well, Habib, it's Habib. Like, come on, I can't. Volk and I, to be fair, I can't say I've seen many pitbull fights. We 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 struggled to get his name. Habib Wrestlebear. Habib Wrestlebear. Yeah. Volkanovski has beat Max Holloway twice, technically, and writes books, children's books. Yes, he does. Fun fact. <laughs> So, but yeah, man, like that's that's really all I have to say on the topic. I just wanted I at first I was like, Dom, we're not doing this. I'm like, yeah, I know it's a slow news week, but we're not stooping to this. But then I thought about it and I was like, No, I want to put it out there. Like why it won't happen. Yeah. And I know that's what now your, you know I know that's it, what your intention was. But I'm just saying that at the time I was just like Now you know if this happens, people can reference episode eight of the or It'll be another it'll be in my it'll be in my second Shane Dobson moment. Yeah. Three so, weeks in and we're gonna have some yeah, two or three moments. The only way it happens is if but one if Bellator champions decide to come to the UFC and put their money where their mouth is. Yeah, like I can't see them doing like a like like a a pay per view Bellator no, versus UFC. It, like it, that's not gonna happen. I just don't. You know, because really, if it you're did the happen, top, when you're the top dog, you're the one with everything to lose in that. Yeah, yeah. Because nobody well, in the UFC nobody has a lot to lose. Nobody if they were to lose is to going. Bellator. Nobody's going to think that Bellator will have a chance. So any guy that does win, it's just going to be like, what? And then any UFC champion that's going to win, it's like, well, they of course they won. Yeah. They're, you have everything to gain if you're Bellator and everything to lose if you're the UFC. Yeah. So why would you? Why even try? Yeah. So I think that's pretty much where we end it there, right? Yeah. Is it time to preview some fights? Yeah. So that's the end of the news. The news. So now we move on to our preview of hashtag UFC Vegas 8. Get that hashtag out there, people. Let's do it. And we're gonna another start, good one. Yeah, I'm dude. telling you, yeah, dude. You I cannot mean, be sleeping on these fight nights. And as as we have mentioned, or as you maybe have heard, if you've watched our other preview episode as of now, <laughs> uh, we really only touch on or at least go into detail about these main the card main fights, card, yep. Just because we'd be here forever if we yeah. talked. Now there are now, some prelim yeah. fights that excite me: Mackie Patolo and Impa Kazagane. Patolo is a stud. Another contender series alum. Yeah. He's a beast. He I'm just very, fought three weeks ago. Hannah Cyphers uh, is the first fighter that, assuming she makes it to Saturday, yeah. will fight four times this year. Yeah, first fighter. Which is fighter. pretty incredible. But she could fight five I, times. And I have a feeling there's going to be a lot more people that follow in her footsteps there yeah. this year because people are fighting on three weeks' notice yeah. and stuff. Yeah, a bunch of savages. But uh, for 2020, having that six-week break and everything, and you know things kind of having a slow build to get to where we are now, that's pretty impressive that she's fought that many times. Uh, but that's, I mean, and then you got Alex Caceres. Yeah, I was going to say, don't forget about him. Bruce Leroy. Bruce, <laughs> Bruce Leroy. Yeah. 
Always fun to watch. Yeah, but anyways, poor guy I, can never I am, string. I'm staring at this first fight and I can't hold it any longer. Well, let him know. The first fight of the night, light heavyweight action, Magomed Ankalaev versus Jan Kudaleva. And I just want to mention... Rematch. Before, before I let you really get into the nitty-gritty here, mm-hmm. I want to mention that this fight has happened before. It happened Recently. back in December, January. It was... It Was Was the, it the Connor Cowboy fight? No, it was Figueredo and Benavidez won. Okay. Which was... Actually, it was probably January or February now. Yeah, it was this about. year. Yeah, so we'll say January, just... It happened in you 2020. You can fact check It us. happened in 2020. Yeah, yeah. Um, weird fight, but it looked awesome in the beginning. So basically, let me... The, the, you know, the Bruce uh, Bruce Buffer yeah. is giving the introduction. The voice him. of the octagon. The voice of the octagon going in like he always does. Jan Kudaleva, <laughs> while he's being introduced, proceeds to walk to the other side of the octagon straight at Ankalev and just... Just bump into him. Like... Like, he doesn't put his hands up. He just literally walks as if he's not there. And Ankalev doesn't know what to do, so he just kind of hugs him. And then there's, it's like that, it looks like they're trying to do like that, uh, you know, the like thing where you like push yeah, somebody in there. Yeah. And dirty like, dancing. Yeah, the dirty dancing thing, but not doing it well. Yeah. So then, the obviously, security separates them. Yeah. The fight happens. God, what a, what a what a round! It only lasts thirty eight seconds, but my God, those thirty eight <laughs> seconds were brutal, powerful, just awesome. Yeah, but essentially, Kudaleva's um, I don't know which one called strategy here. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what I think his strategy was because basically, after, after every shot that Magomed threw at him, he acted wobbly. He was going to bait. I think he was trying to bait him in. Yeah, but every like. Magomed's throwing powerful strikes, but he's blocking all of them. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Now, they're powerful shots. Yeah. But he keeps acting wobbled, and our referee... Uh, <laughs> he's, he was nervous. He, you he saw tell, the pre-fight, he's like, oh my god. After the first wobble, you could tell he was already like on it. Yeah, he's like... So after like the fourth time that Kudaleva does it, he jumps in. Jan is pissed. Kudaleva's like, what? If you thought, I mean, this is a man that just walked straight to the other side of the octagon into another man's arms that he was about to throw down with. Yeah. So yeah, he, if I'm that referee, I'm I'm running. <laughs> but uh, fight ends in 38 seconds, very controversially. It looked like it was about to be a great fight. Oh yeah. So now we have the rematch, and which God, has already been scheduled. It was scheduled one for or two times. UFC 252. Kudaleba had COVID, so it got yeah. delayed. So here we are. So uh, Dom, just break it down. Let's get into the nitty-gritty. Yeah, the nitty-gritty here. All right, so again, it's the rematch after the controversial TKO earlier this year. Uh, Magomed Ankalev, that's how you say his last mm-hmm. name, right? Good, he's 13-1, and one, okay? He's got 8 KO TKOs. He's 14-1. Four, four, I'm just saying it because I had it in front of me. There it is. 8 KO TKOs, might be 9 then, uh, but he's 4-1 and one in the UFC. The only loss in the UFC was his UFC debut to Paul Craig, who we've mentioned on the podcast a few times. Yeah, think, <laughs> we've I talked we about have. him a lot. <laughs> um, but he lost to him via an arm triangle. Ever since then, he's won four in a row. Kudaleva's uh, 15-5. and five. He's got 12 KO TKOs, two submissions. So if my math's correct, Noah, that's 14 out of 15 wins have came via finish. Yes. Okay. I don't know what percentage that is, but it's in the 90th percentile. <laughs> it's, it's very good. Um, but... He's only 4-4 four and four in the UFC. Right. I will say he has, uh, again, 
I don't want to say good losses, right? There's it's no a, good yeah, loss. It's a killer's row. So I, as my notes are here, I wrote notable losses instead. Okay. Um, Misha Serkinov lost to him by submission. A stud at light heavyweight. Uh, kind of like, I guess you would call him a prospect, right? I mean, I think yeah. it's safe to say that. He might be finally like in that vet status now. Yeah. But he still like has a lot of a room ranked to, guy. A lot if of room, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, a lot of room to grow. He's towards yeah. the back end of the top fifteen, but a lot of room to grow. Um, lost to Jared Cannonier. This was when Cannonier was still at light heavyweight. Yeah, it was a fight of the night. Yeah, by the way, Cannonier now at middleweight, getting ready to fight Bobby Knuckles. For a number one contender fight, probably. Yeah, Robert Whitaker at middleweight. So, uh, Cannonier's on a tear. And then he lost to Glover Teixeira. Again, another veteran, former title challenger. Who's about to fight Tiago Santos yes. for a number one contender fight, exactly. more than likely. So, three of his four losses in the UFC... Are very yeah, and like, then strong, he the, and then of course this one. <laughs> yeah, which in my opinion, I'm I'm which, scratching it. Yeah, yeah. right. So, yeah. and then uh, he has one notable win against Khalil Roundtree via TKO. Right. Um, so, this is a fun fight. We only got to see 38 seconds of it when they fought it, earlier this year. But if that goes for three rounds, I'm not going to be able to watch the rest. It's of the my fight of the night prediction. I'm not going to know what to do with my hands. It's my fight of the night prediction. I'm going to agree with you. Yeah. I mean, there's Even some if great, it only goes one round. There's some great fights. Yeah. And that's the only thing that might stop it is that yeah. someone might get knocked out early. Yeah. But uh, it has all the makings of a fight of the night prediction-wise. Yeah. I think I know where you're going to go here. Maybe I don't. You're really thinking about it. I'm going to... Do you already know what you're going to say? I think so. Uh, you want me to go? I got it. I okay. think I got it. All right. I'm going Ankalev again. Mm-hmm. This time, obviously, a convincing victory. I am going to say, I think we get a three-round slugfest. But finish in the third round via TKO mm-hmm. for uh, Magomed Ankalev. That's, that's what I'm going with. Okay. So, if you look at... Um, Jan's losses yeah. in UFC. He has lost to Serkinov by submission. He lost a decision to Cannoneer. Another submission to Shara. And then the TKO by Enclave, but I'm not counting that. Um, before that, his only other loss outside the UFC was actually by DQ because he punched too many punches to the back of the head. Well, if you know this guy, he just swings, so I'm not yeah. surprised. While uh, on the other end, Ankalev's only lost to Paul Craig, which, fun fact, happened with one second left in the whole fight. And it was the arm triangle. Yes, it was. So, this fight could really go either way. I know Magomed has a lot of the, um, like, he has a lot of title challenging hopes here. I mean, this yeah. is a, this, I mean, this guy's got an impressive resume. Yeah. Not necessarily the people he's fought being, like, I mean, Mar- Marcin Procneo, a guy we talked about last week. He, yeah. Was his first UFC? Win. I mean, anyone that's fourteen and one, but you know, you're pretty good. All in all, I think I might go the other way here. I might really. Go, I might go uh, Jan Kudaleva. Um, basically, I see this also going three rounds. All the way? No. Ah. No. I see this going all three rounds. I see it being a slugfest, which is what you're saying. I just think I'm. I'm thinking about it. These guys, I think, are going to be trading from the very beginning. Yeah. 
And I'm trying to think in my head, which guy is going to keep coming in that late end of the third round? I think it's Kudalevi. That guy has, uh, he just, he just, there's something about him that's like, that dude's not going to stop coming. No. He, his nickname's The Hawk. Not he saying, wants pain not in his saying, whole body. Not brain. saying Ankalev won't be game. Yeah. But, you know, this is an important fight for him. He's 4-4 four and four <clears> in the UFC. You never want to get that below 500 in the UFC. Yeah. Like, no matter what. Even if you're putting on great fights, it's just not a great look. Yeah. Like, I, I think he's going to pull it out here. I, I'm going TKO-KO in the third round. So he did the same prediction, but different fighter. Yeah. And honestly, it would not surprise me if it went the other way. Would not surprise me if Ankalev came out and just put on a show. But, well, this uh, could this fight could easily end in the first thirty seconds. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I like to. I like. <laughs> We're to, just hoping for I, that. When war. I'm comparing who guys have fought, it's not just who they beat; it's who they've lost to as yeah. well. And um, Kudaleva's definitely got that advantage for Look, him. Yeah, in, man. In the, in the sure, his wins may not stick out to you besides Roundtree, but and yes, no such thing as a good loss. But yeah. I mean, his losses are against great guys. Yeah. So, it'll be very interesting to see how it goes. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Kudaleva there. All righty. So, then, our second fight. We got Ricardo Lamas versus Bill Algio, the uh, Tuesday Night Contender vet who lost on that show. Another getting fight, the, man. Another chance here against... <laughs> A game opponent. This is guy. We've talked about this on the podcast. Yeah. Him and Max Holloway, the last 10 seconds of their fight, Max points to the ground. He says, yep. let's bang. Yep. Well, did they ever. Ricardo's like, bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I'm, I'm just picturing it in my head, and yeah, I'm like, they awesome. they showed it all over their social medias awesome. this week. So, it was uh, one of the best moments. Get to the nitty-gritty here, though. All righty. So we got Ricardo Lamas, 38 years old, which is so hard to believe to I me know. for some reason. Um, 19 and 8. He's got six KOTKOs, five submissions. He's 10-6 and six in the UFC. Notable losses. Ladies and gentlemen, this is quite the resume here. <laughs> Both wins and losses. So he's got losses to Jose Aldo. By the way, one of the best featherweights of all time. Number five on my GOAT list. Kind of a big deal, right? Kind of a big deal. Yeah. And this was at his, like, high. Yeah, this, this was, was when Jose was still this the This was the dominant featherweight yeah. champion, Jose Aldo. Uh, then he loses to Chad Money Mendez, TKO. Uh, again... Shout out our boy Max Bless. We just talked about that. Lost unanimous decision. Got KO'd by Josh Emmett. If you ain't seen Josh Emmett punch somebody in the face, it's pretty brutal. It's pretty brutal. Uh, and then he's also lost to Calvin Cater via TKO, who we talk about all the time. Young stud on a roll right now. Mm-hmm. So TKO'd by him. Notable wins. He's beaten your boy Cub Swanson. I know how you feel about Cub. Yeah, I love me some Cub Swanson. He's beaten Dennis the Menace, Bermudez. Diego Sanchez, tough one alum. Been in the UFC since I was literally barely walking. Yeah. Uh, Charles Olivier, Oliv, Oliveira. Oliveira. Yeah. You sure? That's how I hear it pronounced. All right. Well, anyway, he beat him by submission. Fun fact, Charles is the uh, leader in submission victories in UFC. Yes. So, kind of interesting there. Uh, and then he's beaten Darren Elkins. If you haven't seen Darren Elkins fight... You're probably going to see a fight of the night. Mind you, he finished there in Elkins. Yeah, by TKO. That's a guy who... He doesn't get finished. He does not. He just bleeds. He bleeds. Yeah, and punches. Literally, his nickname's The Damage. He, <laughs> he has, has a, a tattooed on his chest. Tattooed on his chest. And the nickname is because of the damage he gets yeah. on him. And he has one of the best comebacks in UFC history. If like, you haven't seen it, look up Darren Elkins' comeback. Mursad Bektik, the yeah. guy that you just talked about. 
Um, and then on the other end, we've got Bill Algio, who's, again, technically making his UFC debut. He fought on the Contender Series, but he lost. Um, he's 13-4. and four. He's got three KO, TKOs and six submissions. Uh, again, he lost to Brendan L- uh, Lothnane. I'm going to go with Lothnane. Yeah, lo- low name, uh, low name. Via unanimous decision. And, and again, this is his UFC debut to me. Uh, what organization was he in prior? Or I guess, what was his last fight? Says C- CFFC, which would be... I'm not even sure. Uh, it's Cage Fury yeah, fighting Cage championship. Fury. Oh, okay, that's on Fight Pass. So, so yeah. that's where he's coming from. Uh, that's his most recent win. I, I want to say it's another, like, veteran versus a up-and-coming prospect, but I don't know if I want to call Algeo um, that because he's been fighting since, like, what, 2013 or 14? Yeah, I mean, he's not really a rising prospect yeah. either because he hasn't really proved it right. at and the UFC level. Right, and he lost the Contender Series. He's so. been fighting since 2012. Um, um, I will say Ricardo Lamas did say this week that he feels like this fight, you can tell he's not taking it lightly because the quote was, this fight is set up for Algeo to, like, prove a point. Yeah. So I ultimately see this fight also going to a decision. Or, this sorry, could be another not also going. I see this fight going all three, three rounds, rounds as well. But for a decision, I think Lamas is going to get the win ultimately. But I think you're going to see a more tentative Lamas in this fight. Because ultimately this is his third opponent. This one being brought in, what, just a couple days ago. Yeah. So, I didn't even know he had a finalized fight until like Not yesterday. that Lamas has ever been a guy to like shy away but I think he has he recognizes where he's at in his UFC career yeah he has not fought in about a year yeah it's been a while so I mean how's he gonna look yeah it's been over a year actually for him so his last fight he got knocked out around by Calvin Cater so a lot of that has to be in his mind and this is a guy he's not gonna know much about going into fight night you're near the end of your career a hungry kid wanting to really get that contract um, that's why ultimately I think Lamas gets the win. I think it'll be maybe closer than maybe you would think just based on their resumes. But Lamas gets a convincing win, gets him back in the win column. Um, but it goes all three rounds, in my opinion. Probably a more tentative fight, not one that I think will be super exciting. I hate predicting so much about it because it just sets me up for failure later. So yeah. take over, please. I'm going to... I'm gonna go out on a limb for this one. Yeah. I, for some reason, I just got a little little tinkle in me here. You, you know, know, does my prediction come off like I feel that as well? But I'm not willing to go all the way with it. Now that you say it, maybe. But at like, the time, we did, I didn't like, think we, it. Went, we, we didn't do this podcast when Brunson fought Shabazian. But do you well, remember? I think we both. You you predicted Brunson yeah, win yeah. right before the fight. You go, I have a feeling about Brunson. Yeah. And you asked me who I thought, and I said I have that same feeling, but I'm going Shabazian. Yeah. That's, it, I think that's something I do quite a bit. Yeah. Because I'm an overthinker. So I'll, I'll, like, get these feelings about different guys winning. Yeah. But I won't go quite all the way with it. So I just go, well, they'll put on a good performance. There's, like, and this only happens to me every now and again where I'm just, like, I, f- I really feel that something surprising is going to happen. Right. I'm going with Algeo victory. Okay. Second round submission. Second round submission, okay. I almost want to go as far to say what submission, but I'm not going to. <laughs> but I'm thinking you want Algeo... to go arm triangle. <laughs> no, I was actually going to go guillotine. Oh, okay. Oops. Well, here we go. They heard it, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know why, 
But again, this this guy has six submission wins, which you know stands out to me. Lamas has five, so it could be either way. Lamas definitely has the advantage in terms of competition face. I mean, my God, look at the list of people. Guess what? All of his submission finishes are by who? Uh, Algia. Rear naked choke. I mean, the most common there is, right? Yeah, all of them. So, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going Algio's second-round submission. What, I would like to see Lamas win. Uh, fan favorite. You know, at the tail end of his career. Sure. But that's what I'm going with. You know, I again, um, this is no Shane Dobson. This is, for me, it's not like someone yeah. who it would be a complete shock. Ricardo Lamas is on the tail end of his career. We don't really know what he's going to look like. He hasn't been around in a year. Yep. That last performance, I mean, he was going up against a stud, but, mm-hmm. you know, it it was definitely, like, he's lost three of his last four. You yep. know, it's there's a lot on the line here for him. So it, it could end up being a long day at the office for old uh, Lamas. But, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely am intrigued by this fight. Mm-hmm. I don't know how good of a fight it will end up being is kind of my yeah. – Thing. So, uh, moving on from there, women's the flyweight action, one. Alexa Grasso. One of only, I want to say, 10 or 11 Mexican fighters on the UFC roster right now. Fun That's fact. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Going up against ji Kim. So, Dom, I want you to break it down for the people. Let's get into it. So, Alexa is 11-3 and three overall. She's got four KO TKOs. Mm-hmm. Rest are obviously by decision. But, she's 3-3 three and three in the UFC. However... All three of her losses are against what I would call studs, for the most part. Yeah. Felice Herrig was her UFC debut, if I mean, I'm not that mistaken. Was, that was in 2017. Felice, I mean, Felice just fought and yeah. did not. Got yeah, smoked. Yeah. But she's been very inactive over the past couple of years. Had At injuries. that time, she she was looking really good. You yeah, know? yeah. And shout out to her. Love that woman. She's awesome. Yeah. Um, so she loses to Felice by decision. She loses to, uh, if you don't know, I predicted this woman to be the UFC champion this time next year. Of strawweight. Of strawweight. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, I I guess I'll preface. Grasso is making her, well, you said this at the beginning. This is her first fight, if I'm not mistaken, at flyweight, which is 125 pounds. We don't have to go into the whole what weighs more debate. I wasn't even thinking that. Why did you bring it up again? Because. But anyway, she's moving up from 115 to 125. So, yeah, these losses are at 115. She lost to Tantiana Suarez, who I predicted to be the champ next year for that division uh, via submission because she's the female Habib and she's unstoppable. And then she lost a majority decision to Carla Esparza. Um, now, she does have one notable win that stood out to me, and that's against the the sweetest woman in the UFC, mm-hmm. Carolina Kovalkiewicz. Always giving the camera that wink. Yeah, such a shame that uh, she was once undefeated, and now she is. Yeah, when we, the first. Well, Oof. I don't think it was the first card in New York, but the UFC two hundred five. Yeah, their big return to New York. Joanna. Yeah, she was fighting Joanna. Put on a pretty good. Probably yeah, had Joanna injured a yeah. little bit. Um, but ever since then, man. Yeah. I think Andrade took her soul. Yeah. That talk, was talk about. Look, you don't see knockouts like that in the female division. Talk about a brutal women's knockout. Yeah. Then she bounced her head off. Yeah, the Jessica canvas. Andrade. Yeah, that was brutal. Kovalkiewicz. Woo. Yeah. Go look that up. <laughs> it was bad. Um, but she beats her by unanimous decision. Uh, so again, three and three in the UFC. But I think she she's kind of always had that 
young prospect vibe about her, and I she think it hasn't does. changed. I think she still does. And I'm interested to see her in the new weight class. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then we've got Kim, on the other hand, who is 9, 2, and 2. Mm-hmm. She's got two KO, TKOs, three submissions. And she's 3 and 2 in the UFC. No notable wins, in my opinion, that stand out to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one notable loss, she did lose to Antonina Shevchenko. Uh, if you don't know, that's Valentina Shevchenko's champion. Or <laughs> her sister. Yeah, Valentina's sister, who is the flyweight champion. Yeah. And one of the most dominant champions in the UFC yeah. right now. And so. Kim is the number 14 ranked uh, flyweight in the, in the rankings. Well, okay, I didn't even know she was ranked, so okay. This is a big fight for Grasso. I mean, okay. For both, but so, you know. So, Ji Young Kim has missed weight in her last two fights. I want to point that out. I thought out. that was interesting. So, she's uh, she's bigger for that division. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not calling her big. Yeah. But she's bigger for that division. Um, I think this is the easiest fight to predict in the outcome. Really? Decision. Well, yeah. I Just based on their, their... I mean, yes, Kim in her last fight did have a KO with a punch to the body. Don't see that very often. Oof. But uh, I'm going Grasso via decision. I'm going to agree with you here. I'm going Alexa. I think she gets a big win at 125 to kind of set her up for a top 10 in that division. Yeah. And, uh, again, she's, she's the younger fighter, the more hype around her. I think the higher ceiling for her, I'm going with a decision by Grasso as well in this one. Yeah. I mean, all in all, though, this could end up being a fight that surprises a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this is the one that I have the least amount of anticipation for going in. Yeah. But that's not... always surprise you. Yeah, that's not because of it being, like, women fighting or whatever. It's just, you know, I don't know a ton about Gion Kim. I don't either. Yeah. Um, I know a decent amount about Grasso, but um, none of her fights have really stuck out to me as being, like, just great fights it would be nice for either one of them to get like a convincing finish right you know but we'll see we'll see what happens Um, but i guess that will take us into our co-main event why do i feel like we're going to talk about the co-main more than the main event you know i know you're gonna i can i can tell you why let me flip my because my favorite fighter of all time look at my notepad here besides maybe stipe it's it's a toss-up i'm looking at all this (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna ramble on the nitty gritty. It's a whole here. page worth Jeez. for you guys who can't see, which is all of you. But <sighs> ruthless Robbie Lawler is back, back, going up against Neil Magny. What three weeks notice? Four weeks? Three weeks? Yeah, I mean not much. Magny notice. was supposed to fight who? He's supposed to fight Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal, who had the who's um, a, bad infection. Who's a badass. Yeah, man. that fight would have been really yeah, cool. Yeah, shout out Jeff Neal. Can't wait to see him back in the Right, I hope he's back before the end but of the year. What a replacement fighter to get right here. Haven't seen yeah, Robbie man. in a year. This came out of left field. Haven't seen Robbie in over a year after that destruction by the hands of Colby Covington. Yeah, right. Um, so, Dom, if you want to break it down, I would. I might ask you to annotate <laughs> a little bit because that's a whole ass page hey, right there. Let's let him know. Yeah, just listen tell here. Him. Don't like Neil Magny. I don't even know how do I want to describe Neil Magny. Like, I don't want to call him a gatekeeper. I think he's underrated. He's so underrated, and I don't know why. Like, he has a lot of decision wins. Like, yeah, whatever. He's good, man. I'll put it like this. You know who he reminds me a lot of? Let's hear it. This is just the first name that came to mind when I thought of his situation. He reminds me of Michael Chiesa. 
Yeah. His wife. Yeah. He's a guy who will get some highlight reel wins, just some good wins. He'll really uh, grind a win out. And then right when he's on the cusp of being like, oh, this guy's like title challenger or like in that top six range. Yeah. He loses. Yeah. I mean, that's how it's been. Yeah. He's not, he doesn't have many losses in the UFC. Yeah. He's been fighting in the UFC since literally 2013. Man, he's been in the UFC forever. So. He's got five losses in the UFC. Yeah. But. Outside of the two at the very beginning of his UFC career, after those two losses, he goes on to win the next. One. He had a. I, I wrote. He had in 2014 and 2015, he had a seven fight win streak. Seven fight win streak. And four streak. of those seven were by finish. Then, right when he's about to. Once again, he's on the cusp of being title challenger, loses Damian Maya by submission. Yeah. You guys know who Damian Maya is? Then he bounces back, beats Eric Silva, who at the time was just kind of over his, like, big prospect. Backing. Yeah, Eric Silva's great at one time. Mm-hmm. Beats Eric Silva. Beats Kelvin Gaston. Yep. Beats Hector Lombard. Yep. Then loses to Lorenz Larkin yep. by TKO. Then he comes back. Beats Johnny Hendricks. Sure, Johnny Hendricks had a tough time at this point. Still, this, though, that's a notable. one is the end of 2016, Johnny Hendricks. But still, it's a big name, big W. Then he loses to RDA. Yeah. Then he beats Carlos Condit, that was a legend. His, his welcome back fight, I think. Because he took like some time yeah, off. I think, I think right. that was his welcome back to the UFC. And then he loses to Santiago Ponzinibbio. Who I can't that wait guy, to see him fight again. Yeah. But that fight, if you've ever seen that fight, and if you haven't, go watch it. It won't make you think Magni is great. Ponzinibbio, Ponzinibbio is Ponzinibbio, That fight's a bit scary to watch. I mean, it goes four rounds, but it looks like a predator just like stalking. His that was player. a fight night main event, right? Yeah. And then since then he's been on he's beat Lee Jing Liang who's great I keep saying that and Anthony Rocco Martin another and I had uh, Anthony Rocco Martin going in I predicted him to win that fight yeah. so but I'm sorry I kind of cut you off there so you're good like you that's those are my notable wins like yeah. he he's so underrated and he's a great fighter he's 23 and seven right seven KOT goes three subs so that's where you see that kind of decision type fighter come into play because over half of his wins are via decision but like i don't think that should take away from a fighter as much as it does to people um and again 16 and i have 16 and 6 but he might be 16 and 5 in the ufc either either or that's a great record like you cannot take that away from him and the losses he's had are all notable opponents huge wins but again like you said he's never he's always been right there on the cusp mm-hmm. and then he'll lose you know and i don't necessarily think this fight puts him like on the cusp but it's definitely going to be talked about because this is a big name well, and if you look at this so like when he went on that seven fight win streak in 2014 2015 in 2015 this is when robbie was the champ so like he was working his way to where this fight could have happened years ago but right. here we are now in 2020 <laughs> Lawler's 13th ranked, Magny's 14th, short notice, co-main event. We got to get under Robbie Lawler. Ah, we do. All right, <clears throat> let me clear my throat because this is going to be a lot. He's 28 and 14. This guy has done it all, seen it all. 20 KOTKO victories. 20. 20. This man's been fighting for a long time. Long time, and I, yeah. In one submission. I did want to... <laughs> he's got one submission. <laughs> Which is kind of hilarious. Um, so, in his first stint with the UFC, because if you didn't know, 
Robbie Lawler was with the UFC back in the day. 2002. Had, yeah, when he had hair on his head. 18 years ago. It's crazy, man. I was barely speaking. Yeah. He went 4-3, and three, so he had a he had a positive record, right? Um, but gets let go. Goes to he fights in Strike Force. He fights in another so, organization. Like King of the Cage. Yeah, like he, he fought. Is, he had a fight in Pride. He's been everywhere. Elite XC. That's another. That was the yeah. promotion. Kimbo Slice was like the big name. Yeah, for yeah. A while. And then Robbie comes back, and this is where we see and that I, and man. I want to mention his Strike Force run was very lackluster. I noticed that when I was looking. Like people thought it's, he was done. It's crazy he got to come back to the UFC. Yeah, like his if you, like his Strike Force career because Strike Force was a big promotion when it was around. He loses to Jake Shields, who was like the man over there. He was a beats stuff. Melvin Manhoff, which was a fight he was being dominated for three minutes, and then out of nowhere gets the knockout. Mm-hmm. Loses to Hinato Sabral, then he beats Matt Lindland. Loses to Jacare, so it was uh, and Tim Kennedy. And then after that, he has a win over Adlin Amagov, loses to Lorenz Larkin, and that's it. He and literally, he, comes back to the UFC. he literally went three and four in Strike Force. So he comes back to the UFC. No, three and five. Sorry, it's it blows my mind that they brought him back. But I'm, I'm so glad. They I wouldn't did. even say I'm surprised they brought him back. I'm just surprised that he was ever able to get to those heights that yeah. he got to. And. I think it's safe to say, this could be a bold hot take, but this is a run, like, when Lawler, Robbie Lawler became champ, right, in welterweight, um, he went on a run that was probably one of the most unpredictable, unforeseen title runs we've ever seen in the UFC, Mm -hmm. and went on to defend the title multiple times. Here's my hot take. The most underrated title reign in UFC history. I'm, I'm all this man that. was putting on shows. He had two, listen, back-to-back fight of the years. Back-to-back. In 2015, 2016. Rory McDonald in 2015. If you have not seen that fight, I think it's agreed upon most of the MMA community that's one of the best UFC fights ever. Ever. It's top five. Probably, yeah. Easily. And then in 2016, he had a fight of the year with Carlos Condit. Which is a fight, split decision. Yeah. Some people thought Carlos Condit won. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I mean, it's, it'd be hard for me to pick. But like, Robbie. the fact that this dude, back-to-back fight of the years? Yeah. Five-round wars? Well, Rory's in it in the fifth the round, fifth round yeah. but you get what I'm saying. I Robbie's mean, lip was... Ultimately, it's not like he had a ton of title defenses. He wins the belt. Over Johnny Hendricks in a rematch. He, yep, he avenged his loss. Yeah, a fight that I thought he clearly won, even though it was a split decision. Yep. Then you have that fight with Rory, and then that fight with Carlos. That's that's the that's the title reign. But like December, those two dudes then were like the baddest men in that division. December 2014 to January 2016. It's yeah. not a very like long, or there's like I said, not a ton of title defenses. But back-to-back fight of the years... Well, you can only fight so much when you have two 25-minute wars. That fight with Carlos Condit happened on the second day of 2016. Wow. And yet... And it was the fight of the year. The The whole year could play out after the fact, and it didn't matter. And then he fights Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley lands... I remember watching that. That was in Atlanta, Georgia. Yep. Tyron Woodley hit him... With an overhand right, I believe. Dude... At that time... Gave me a shiver down my spine. Tyron Woodley was a bad dude. 
When here's the thing. When he Tyron put Woodley, him on the cage and then landed all the extra shots, I was like, oh my god. Tyron Woodley is a guy that gets a pretty bad rap. Even by me. I've been guilty of it. I've even kind of slipped up and said it. If you go back, you can find that Easter egg somewhere in our in our <laughs> library. Where I said something about not being a big fan of him. And that's that's not fair to him. Yeah. He is a guy when he wants to. He can put on a show, show. and a performance. But uh, to his credit, he recognizes uh, when he was on top, like he recognized that these guys got to come for me. Yeah. So he never strayed away he, from his, he, his game He play. did what he had to do to win. Yeah. He defended the title four times. Yeah. I mean, he was pretty That's dominant. like one of the most in that division. I was division. shocked at how Usman beat him. Yeah. And then how Gilbert Burns beat him. Like, yeah. Those were shocking because you'd just not seen him be like handled like that in a long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for Robbie, he's lost three straight. Now, if you look at the losses, Colby Covington, I went back and watched that fight before this. Because I had not watched it since I Yeah, I saw don't think I have live, seen it since. And I didn't want to. Yeah. But here's what I recognized about that fight. And I want to give credit to MMA on point because I also watched or listened to or watched at the same time. Their uh, like live show they did. Um, Jason talked about this. Shout fight. out, Jason. Yeah. So he talked about this fight, and I saw the same thing that he saw. What's so impressive about that performance? It, it's not like at the time I remember just being like, "Robbie's done." I'm like, "He doesn't look good," you know. Like he, it's he's done. Yeah. Like he's getting pieced up by a guy who's a wrestler. I was yeah. like so upset about it. Colby set a record for significant yeah. strikes in that fight. But Colby's game plan was so perfect because what he would do is he would take down Robbie and then he would let Robbie get back up yeah. and then take him down again. And ultimately he repeated that to the point where Robbie just gassed himself. Yeah. And Colby does not tire. It takes a lot of energy to get up yeah. <laughs> when you've Especially been Especially when you down. got him. So that opened him up to just strike with Robbie Lawler who's a dangerous striker wasn't a lot of it like clinch work on the cage too yeah a That's lot of clinch I work I mean it was it was just a hail or I don't want to say hail Mary it was a just picture perfect performance yeah but before that that fight with Ben Askren we've talked about that controversial to say the least Very. but hey Ben Askren gets the win a but bulldog not chip. but does not leave the cage unharmed yeah in the first 20, 30 seconds, Robbie dropped him on his head. Tombstone pile drives this man, and I thought finished the fight. Like, yeah. I thought it was very close. Like, I agree. I yeah. think even Ben said after the fight, I think he said that, like, he... Well, they could have stopped kinda, it, I think. I think he said that uh, he uh, got, like, what it, flash KO'd. Yeah. Um, and before that, RDA pretty much handled him in another decision loss. And before that, you got the Donald Cerrone win, which is very close. A fight that... Can you believe that fight happened? Yeah, we watched that that. live. Robbie Lawler fought Donald Cerrone. Yeah, it was a good fight, but like a fight could have went either way. Yeah. Uh, And then before that, you have the Tyron fight. So really, he has been a lot less active, which is probably good for him. And he's still fighting the top Yeah, He's lost four of his last five, but by no means do I feel like he's done. It's just this is a tough fight for him to come back to. Yeah, if he loses, it's it's hard to like see him come back again. So I'm curious, Dom, what's your prediction for this fight? Man, this is hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the hardest fight on this card to predict. Oh, well, tell me by about a long it. shot. Tell me about it. I've already we've talked about how underrated 
an underhyped Magny is. Right. And how you can't like he's a stud on the ground. Yeah. That's where I think the real like difference is going to be. Mm-hmm. But Lawler, man, again, twenty KOs. At the end of the day, though, I, I can't. Magny's it has been getting ready for a fight. He's been preparing to fight somebody, mm-hmm. and I think he has more to gain from this. Robbie's on his way out. It's safe to say that, right? Yeah. Don't you think? I mean, I, not that like he's not done, but I he's mean, on his way yeah, out. The yeah, door. I mean, I don't, I don't ever see him fighting for a belt again. Yeah, he's got one foot out the door, one foot still in. Well, okay, all right, that all right. last foot, foot is getting kicked out. On Saturday. How so? How do you figure? Neil Magny. Ah, C-Man. Originally, I was going to go Magny submission. But the more I think about it, and the more I look at my notes, and the more we talk about it, I love Robbie. I'm going Neil Magny by a decision in this fight. That's how I ultimately see it going. Now, can I see Robbie... KOing Magni because he's been subject to get KO'd? Yeah. But, that's what I'm going with. I might have just upset you. You might want to quit the show. No, 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 not at all. Okay. I mean, I, I completely understand that. And really, it's so hard for me to, like, put, like, that love I have for Robbie Lawler aside. Yeah. It's so hard. Which is why I'm glad that I think he's going to win this fight. Wow. <laughs> now... I will say, like, this fight is so hard on paper that it's kind of like I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to pick the guy I want. Yeah, it's hard, man. But um, I legitimately think that um, for all the credit we gave Neil Magny, again, he's kind of in that same spot we found him in time and time again. Is he going to get it done? And I don't think he will. He could. And I think that the way you're, like, laying it out is perfectly acceptable way of this fight going. And I think that it's... If Magny wins, I think that is kind of the likely route. Is he a decision? Kind of, uh, a controlled fight. He yeah. controls Robbie, keeps him on the ground. I think Robbie's going to knock him out. Wow. I think he's going to knock him out, and I'm going to go with the. Uh, fuck it, I'm going with the first round knockout. First round knockout. <laughs> there might be some. <laughs> there might be some uh, bias in this in this guess. Hey man, I'm really trying to put it aside. Like I promise the viewers. Like, I legitimately believe this, but I'm also, like, trying so... Like, I know, like, I know Robbie's, like, not at the top anymore. I know that in my heart. Yeah. But when you were sitting there and you were like, yeah, he's got one foot out the door, I'm like, oh, but I'm like, does he? Is he he really, like, is that... Because I really thought he wasn't... I thought we might not ever see him fight again. Yeah. Because it had been a year now. Yeah. And that fight with Covington was just you a know, three fight it had to be streak. It had to be hard on him, demoralizing. But he's back, and I'm wondering. And like coming back on short notice, like that hunger's just got to be back, right? Like he's he's got to be back, or he just wants a paycheck. But can I can I point out one quote that just sends shivers down my spine from Robbie Lawler? Yes, I I, I know the quote. He I want said, it ta- "I want it tattooed on me." And I'm not going to say the whole thing, but just, like, the second part. Yeah. He's he's in an interview. This was, again, at his, like, peak. This was for the Rory fight, right? Yeah. And he said that uh, when he hits people, right? Is that how yeah. he put it? Um, he doesn't take their chin. 
if I'm not mistaken. And the interviewer says... What do you mean? What do you mean? He says... I take their soul. Robbie Lawler, first round knockout. (laughs) Enough said. Main event. Look, you guys can make fun of me all you want. You can say, oh, he's just being biased. He's just... You know, no but, man, like I, I, I just there's, you know, what we were talking about having that like feeling. This is yours. Yeah, and it might just be because I love him, but fuck it, I'm listening to it now. God. I could easily see it being a, a Lawler knockout. I wouldn't be surprised one bit if that were to happen. I think this is a very even fight on paper, mm-hmm. but again, fights aren't made. It's on It's kind paper. of your striker grappler, really. Fight, fights aren't made on paper; they're made in the octagon. So. Yeah. I guess that's kind of where we'll leave that one, right? I think we'll we'll see. I think it'll be interesting to uh, do our uh, recap, recap show yeah. on, on this one. The Lionheart's back. The main event time. It is three Anthony. rounds. By the way, I, I do want to point that out. This is not a five round. Main I forgot event. about that. I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that. This is a three rounder, just being that it came up kind of short notice. Yeah, Anthony Lionheart Smith going up against Alexander Rakich. Dom, you know what to do. Let's get into the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. Anthony Smith, um, he uh, will be fighting his 49th professional fight this Saturday. 49. That's almost 50. Um, he's 33 and 15. This is a stat right here. That I really like this. This man has 18 KOTKOs, 12 submissions. He gets slept on for how good he is on the ground, and I won't hear otherwise. And that's mm-hmm. just facts. Yeah. That's 30 out of 33 wins have came via finish. I don't know what percentage that is. It's pretty damn high. Um, he's 8-4 and four in the UFC. He started out as a middleweight, and now he's at light heavyweight. Some notable losses I wanted to point out. He lost to Tiago Santos, who is your champion one year from now at light heavyweight. True. This loss happened at middleweight, at 185, via TKO. He then um, launches himself into the light heavyweight division, which I'll touch on. But he's lost to John Jones, kind of, you know, considered one of the best in the world, (laughs) by unanimous decision. And then he also just came off a tough loss, man, to Mm -hmm. Glover Teixeira. That fight as like a... I'm a... Anthony Smith has grown on me a lot. You're a big Anthony Smith He has that it factor for me where I'm like this guy's a blue collar he reminds me of Stipe a lot to be honest like that yeah. blue collar dude sure yeah I guess just I really get tough he, he's very well spoken though yeah he's very not the t- I like, feel like that was a knock on Stipe Stipe <laughs> well, I, yeah I see what you're saying I, that's not what I meant I just like, mean like he's very well spoken yeah and you know that was hard seeing him lose to Teixeira which I'm sure we'll get Pretty, into that was kind of a demoralized because he it looked really great was. early on it really as soon was. as Glover heard him, though, it was pretty much yeah. done. It was just like two rounds. Smith of, in the first two rounds was unreal. If unreal, if that if Jason Herzog stops that fight in like the end of the third, early fourth round, I don't feel like there's as much. You don't um, um, because right now, like what's in my head with Anthony Smith is like, is this the decline? Like he had his not his rise, yeah. Is this the decline? Like, is this where he goes on that? As we always talk about it, the three fight skid. Yeah. The the inevitable for guys that hang that won't hang it up. Yeah. 
that's if if it stopped at a more appropriate time, I'm not sitting here wondering like how many punches can this guy really right. take. Right. Yeah, I agree. But anyways, um, continue. But yeah, that loss you know sucked to see that. Um, and I'll basically tell you why. So the notable wins again. We've got a Hector Lombard victory when he was still at middleweight. He KO'd him. By the way, Hector Lombard, like that dude's a stud. Like he's a beast. He's built like a statue. He reminds me of Yoel Romero a lot. Like when I look at their bodies, mm-hmm. almost. Um, and not many people can compare to Yoel. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then this is when he makes. So after the loss to Tiago Santos at middleweight, this is where. We see his rise at the light heavyweight division. Right. And um, it starts with a legend, former champion, Sugar Rashad Evans. You know what he does to him? KOs him with the knee to the face. The knee to the face. Then he fights another former champion, Shogun Hua. You know what he did to him? What did he do now? KO'd him with an elbow to the face. To the face. Then he goes on to beat another former title challenger Volkan Ozdemir very good fight ends up submitting him in the third or fourth it was the third it was the main event of a fight night I think third round so submits him in the third round this sets him up for his title fight with John Jones uh he gets dominated let's be honest puts on a a lion heart performance he could have taken a disqualification loss and won the belt yes he could have so shout out to him that's what really won me over like he could have won the belt Right. He could have taken a disqualification and got that belt, mm-hmm. and he chose not to. He said, that's bullshit. I'm, not, I'm losing the fight, so why would I do that? So, like, that right there, that shows you what kind of guy Anthony Smith is, right? So he loses to John, and then this is where I get really impressed and where I was like, okay, this guy can be a champion one day. He comes back and fights Alexander Gustafson off of Gus's loss to John, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And submits him in what round? Fourth round. Fourth round submission of another fight night main event. This dude, all he does is main a event. Fight, fight he nights. looked great in. He the looked whole time. so good the whole fight. Because that was a fight I really thought Gus was going to win. Well, that. I'm I'm really high on Gus. Like I yeah. thought he beat John in the first fight. I thought he was going to beat him in the second fight. Obviously, he got destroyed. Had a very close fight with Cormier for the yeah, like always Gustafson, been always been like the second wheel, basically the light heavyweight yeah. division. Gustafson for a long is time. a stud. So for Smith to go out off of a loss. To John and dominate Gus, I was like, okay, he'll string together a couple more and he's right back in the title picture. Right. That's where the loss to Glover comes in. Was that at the beginning of this year or earlier this year? It was in May. It was in May. It was. I think it was the very first. It might have uh, been the first fight night back. First fight night after two forty nine. Well, so, it was because it was that week they had a Wednesday and a Saturday. Yeah. I think that was the Wednesday. Yeah. Saturday, I believe, was Overeem versus Walt Harris. So. So again, he's not like on a losing streak. But that loss to Glover really, like, sucked to yeah. see happen. But, again, Glover's, like, a former title challenger. It just challenger. proved like, that Glover beast. just does still it. got it. Yeah. And he has a big fight against your boy Tiago coming yeah. soon. Which, God, if that happens to Tiago, because I know how you feel how you feel about Anthony Smith is how I feel about Tiago yeah. Santos, I yeah. think. If that same thing happened to Tiago Santos, I'd be very sad. Yeah. So, like, this is a big fight for Anthony probably not as big as I'm making it out to be but like to me it just feels like this is a crucial fight Mm -hmm. and he's going up against Alexander Rakich right who is a this is the definition of like your young up and coming prospect yeah if I've ever seen one he has not fought in a while especially in this division yeah so he's coming off of a loss to Volkan Uzdemir a split split decision Mm -hmm. 
Now, I don't remember it vaguely, or... No, I remember it vaguely, I should say. Could it have went to Rakish? Do you remember? I, it's not coming I to me. I don't remember it very well. Um, I'm not even sure if I watched that live. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know that it had the uh, recipe. Like afterwards, I remember some of the talk, the chatter online being yeah. like hype train derailed. Yeah. Which tells me that it was somewhat uh, can like like I didn't see, I didn't see a lot of like cries for robbery. Right. Even though it was a split decision, um, but leading into that fight with Vulcan, he was he was four and zero in the UFC. Uh, so Rakich overall is twelve and two. He's got nine KO TKOs, one submission. So that's ten out of twelve wins via finish. Four and one in the UFC. So he lost to Vulcan. Before that, he was four and zero. Two of the four are notable, to, in my opinion. He beat Devin Clark via I gotta, TKO. I gotta mention that Jimmy Manawa knocked. Oh, that was my second one. Yeah. Head kick to Manoa, sent him into retirement. On the same card as Gus versus Smith. Yeah. He he retired Jimmy Manoa. That was wow. brutal. What? <laughs> if you guys haven't seen that head kick knockout, I highly recommend it. He got 50 Gs it. from that knockout performance of the night bonus. That was brutal. Yeah. Brutal head kick. So, overall, they're both coming off a loss. Right. Both are against, like, legit contenders of the 205 pound division mm-hmm. this is a big fight in a division that we're so excited for right yeah. now now that john's gone anthony rumble's coming back we've got a uh, title fight next month like light heavyweight is on fire all of a sudden so like literally the winner of this fight needs one more win and then it's a title Potentially. Potentially. Depending on who I the think, next one is. I feel is. like Glover and Tiago is probably the... Well, I feel like... Glover, well, yeah. Glover beat Anthony Smith. No, no, no. I'm not saying like the winner of this gets a title shot. Oh. They get okay. one more fight after oh, oh, this, okay, then sorry. a title. I, mis- I misheard you there. Yeah. Um, it could p- potentially, really, the winner could fight the loser of Glover and Tiago, maybe? You know. Yeah. I'm just matchmaking. I, dude, I'd love to see Anthony Smith versus Tiago. At light heavyweight. Dude. That's what's because, fun. Because... Yeah. Just because I know we'd we'd probably watch that together, have a lot of fun. Oh with yeah, that. that would be fun. Um, but yeah, this is a big fight for the division. Do you want to break? You can go into your breakdown first. I was about to predict. But. No, I mean you really nailed it all there. I mean, when it comes to prediction time, um, basically, I'm probably thinking. You know, I don't know if you're going to like this. I think I'm going Rakich here. I think I'm going Rakich. Uh, by, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, more concerned about how he wins. I think it's going to be a second round TKO KO. Second round TKO and KO. here's how I see this fight going. I think it's going to be very similar to Glover to share a fight. I think Smith is going to look great early. Rakich might be a little uh, hesitant. Well, yeah. But I think uh, Rakich will land a big shot. And it's gonna, that really injures him. And, and it's gonna. And this time, you know, Rakich is a guy with a lot of power. Glover, being a much older guy, kind of just had to really grind out the rest of that stoppage. I think Rakich finishes him in the second round. It might be a fight that Smith is like handedly winning for a round and a half, which I know is kind of somber because it's like, oh, he's back, he's looking great. Yeah. But I think uh, Rakich just. I mean. Smith has been fighting for a long time. Yeah, and he's still relatively yeah, young. Yeah, so um, I I don't think this fight will make him done. I just think it'll be a disappointing loss considering how I'm believing he'll look good early on. But yeah. the fact that he looked good early on means 
no reason he can't be back in there. That division's going to be uh, up for grabs for a while. Oh yeah. So, uh, but I think I think Rakich gets the knockout win there. So this is where, uh, this is where to me, the three round main event comes into play. Okay. So, in the Glover fight, Anthony dominated the first two rounds. Dominated, looked amazing. He lost his energy. And that's where the tide started to turn for Glover. And then the fourth round was just brutal. Now that he doesn't have to go five rounds, and I'm not saying he doesn't have a gas tank because he went five rounds with John and he's, you know, whatever. Well, he hurt Glover. Yeah. So he was trying to put him out. He, he, He was putting everything into his shots. So, honestly, it tells more to me about Glover still having a strong chin. Because he was going for the the knockout, man. But now, he doesn't have to worry about five rounds. And I think he learned from that fight to not throw 100% in every single punch. Mm -hmm. I'm going an Anthony Smith decision. And I'm actually going to go as far to say it's going to be unanimous 29-28 back and forth. More of a technical striking battle. But I think Smith gets a decision win. Mm-hmm. I, as much as I want to see him get a knockout, and as much as I think Rakich can very well pull off a knockout, like you said, right. I, I think it, this is a decision win for Smith that gets him back on track. Nice. No, I could totally see that. Honestly, and this is a fight that I think could be fight of the night if it goes three rounds. Potentially. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I see this being more technical than our predicted fight of the night of... Right. Um, yeah, where it might be just a big slugfest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's what I'm thinking. All right, and that's the breakdown there. Let us know in the comments what you guys think. Yeah, D- you tune guys in. Think? I'm yeah. telling you, these fight nights, man. Yeah, tune in Saturday, ESPN Plus, and yeah, I'm pretty sure the the whole card. I think on it's ESPN uh, 9 p.m. The whole card's on ESPN Plus yeah. this weekend. So. so shout out. You just pay five dollars a month, man. I know right now times are tough. Not everybody's got yeah. the money, but man, if you can spare five dollars and for a month you get four cards. Well, at least. These, these fight nights and like these contender series fights on Tuesdays, this is what can really get you going as a UFC fan. And like sure. the fight nights is where you can really learn about people that aren't just big names, you know. It's, and that's what I you love see guys so much. in their come up a lot of times. Yeah. Which has always been interesting for me because if we go back to when I first started watching, really, um, I look back when like guys like like you know guys like Israel Adesanya and Kamaru Usman, guys who sort of just came up. They made their Colby names Covington, on fight Colby nights. Covington, guys who kind of came out of nowhere in my eyes at the time. But I went back and I was like, oh, I've seen them fight before. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like I didn't realize it because I didn't pay that close attention to those fight nights. Anthony so, Smith is like the king of fight night main yeah. events. But all even, he does is main event. I mean, even fight these night. guys that are like lower on the main card, like for all we know, the winner of this Kudaleva Ankalev fight, he, they might be a title challenger down the line. Yeah. So it's going to be very interesting to kind of see. Like you watch this, we look back a couple of years from now, and we go, "Oh, look! Look at how we talked about this guy, and look Here at where are. he's at now." Yeah. So yeah. Very interesting stuff. Uh, but, yeah, tune in on Saturday. UFC Vegas 8. Mm-hmm. That's the preview. That's the preview. So, with that, uh, we're going to end it here, and we'll just talk a little bit more about the rest of the week. Or, I guess, Well, next week. week. Yeah, yeah, next week. Week 4. 
yeah, so week four coming up on us quick. And uh, Monday will be the recap show of this very card we talked about today. Yep. So uh, Monday morning, that'll be coming out. Uh, I usually post uh, our videos at 5 in the morning. Yeah, when you get up for work, you yeah. make them live. Right before I leave for work, I post them or make them live. Um, so, you know, feel free to tune in at that yeah, time. Yeah, tune in on your way to work. On your way or, to work. That's you know. what I do. I listen back on my way to work. Wednesday, though. You know how we are with the special episodes. Again, Noah has a list made, and uh, we went over it a lot this week. Yeah. You know, this was kind of tough to decide on because really of how was. many um, ideas there are. You so hopefully wh- you, you agree know, with You want to know why else it was hard to decide? Why is that? Because we didn't decide before the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's also okay. true. So <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with everyone. Let's be honest with them. So we got we came and we were just like breaking down stuff. I was letting Dom talk to me about the notes he took, and we start recording. And I'm like thinking, okay, like I got to talk about the next two episodes like yeah. I normally do. And I go, fuck, <laughs> we don't. Wednesday's coming up, and I'm like, we didn't talk about. We, which we went one. over ideas, but we didn't say which one we want to do. So literally, as he's talking, <laughs> you might be able to tell if you go back and listen to like our re- when we're talking about the main event. I, on our Google Doc, write in all caps, which one for Wednesday. And, like, he's just talking. I'm, like, tapping him. And he's just, like, kind of looking at me, like, smiling. I'm, like, no, you fucking idiot. I'm, like, look at the fucking Google Doc. So then when I start talking, he looks at it. And he points to the one we're going to do. And I'm very excited that you pointed Did, at you li- Do you yeah. agree? I hope you like the idea. The first edition of what we're going to call Versus. Ooh. Versus. Nice. And we ain't talking about fighters in the cage. It's me versus Dom. Wait. Huh? Not in a fight. Ah. Ah, yeah. But we are going to be competing in what is essentially... This could be a fun series. We're going to be doing a match-building little competition. We're going to be building our very own pay-per-view card. And it's not just going to be some, like... It's not going to be five title fights. Yeah, it's, it's not, not going to be, be something unrealistic. It's not going to be Connor headlining the prelims. Yeah. No, uh, we'll have the rules ready to go yeah. on Wednesday. Yeah. But there's going to be a lot of rules in place. I've already kind of got a gist of it in my head. I love this. Um, the more and more we talk about it, this is like, this could very well be my favorite special episode yet. Yeah, and this is something I want to keep doing as time goes on. This could be a very fun, like, part one, part yeah. two, part three. So basically, and it'll you. We the can do viewers, it once a month. You, the viewers, can decide who wins this competition. Th- that's the only way. Yeah, they are the deciding factor. They are the via deciding factor. YouTube comments or Instagram comments. Yeah. So please, like, please let us know. So basically, the gist of it is, like Noah said, we're going to build out a main card for pay per view, right. so not five, a fight night, but a pay per view. Five fights. It has to be realistic. It can't be stupid. And we'll go over the rules later, mm-hmm. but just a quick gist. That's what it's going to be. After you guys listen to the episode and you hear both of our fight cards, you will then either leave a comment on the YouTube podcast letting us know which card you would purchase if you were a fan. Let us know in the YouTube comments or on our Instagram which card you would purchase, and we will tally up, what do you think, after two days? Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll release the results on maybe Friday's episode of yeah, Who Won. Sure. Um, so that's kind of how it'll go, and you can feel free to touch on anything. That... Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go too in-depth with the rules right now, because that isn't this episode. Yeah. But we'll make sure I'm going to have the rules completely hashed out with Dom by then. 
because um, I, I think I have a pretty good idea of what it'll be by then. But, um, yeah, just tune in. Really let us know what you think of the cards we're building. I'm really excited about this. This is, like, where we can really be interactive with you guys. I agree. And, uh, you know, we've had great engagement with you guys so far, and this is only going to, you know, take us to that next level with, like, our Below Average Joe's community, you know? Yeah, yeah for sure. So. But, um, until then, tell the great people where they can find you on social media. You can find me personally on Twitter and Instagram at dsalee 14 as always, you can find our Below Average Joe's official UFC podcast Instagram at Below Average Joe's underscore podcast. I usually end there, but I did want to say one more note. Mm-hmm. Um, our channel art on YouTube, there's actually a direct link that will take you to our Instagram. So feel free to click that and it will take you straight to our page. You can check out our content there, give us a follow. And see all of our stuff there. Yeah, I got to give a shout out to Dom on that one because Dom's been really killing it with the Instagram. Um, That's really been all him. And a big shout out to him for really posting the news, telling people to watch on Tuesday, like really staying engaged on there. So uh, great job on that. Well, thank you, Noah. And for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ntbaker underscore. And with that, we're out. And we'll see y'all on Monday.